This episode of the Cut Podcast Network is sponsored by Better Fantasy. That's B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bets hit and even help raise money for charity along the way. They are a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community, and you should do it. It's a slick app. It's really fun to use. I've been using it for the last couple of weeks. I've won some bets. I've lost some bets, but it's really fun. It's a good time. One of the reasons I also love it is they also offer prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download it today for iPhone and Android and use the code THECUT when you create your account to receive 1,000 better credits when you start your account. Thank you to Better Fantasy for sponsoring this episode. Stay on. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing pretty good, man. It's been a weird day. I usually don't make the show doc today, so everything feels jumbled for me. Uh, That's true. Had a phone interview today, too. Awkward. Nice. I'm not going to lie. I, they're, they're very awkward. I don't like Phone it. interviews suck. Yeah, they're not fun. Um, I even prefer Zoom interviews, I think, yeah. than phone. But Definitely. Well, that's awesome, man. Good luck. Good luck. I hope you get some calls back. Um, but we are here to talk about uh, week 14 of the NFL. Uh, we we are doing our fallout segment. We'll probably touch on some waiver guys, but it's the playoffs. Uh, if you're relying on too many waiver guys, you're probably not in the playoffs, right? So uh, probably. So we'll, we'll touch on maybe some strategy regarding the waiver wire. And then we're also going to take a look at the NFL playoffs and kind of what the scenarios look like. We were just talking about it before we went live. Pretty much every game uh, this week and, and next week are key games for someone. The whole NFC is wide open. The AFC, especially the AFC North, is wide open. Uh, and so we're about to have a, a fun last few weeks of football. We have four weeks left. Uh, we're about 75% done, right? Yeah, 17 Something games. Like so, yeah. So, Math's hard sometimes, but but yeah, it's it's about to be an exciting end to the season. So while we know that the fantasy playoffs are going to be going on for the next couple of weeks, we do want to highlight some of the NFL playoffs. Uh, we'll hit some plugs at the end, so let's just jump right into it. And for the week 14 fallout, we always start with injuries and talk through some of those. And this week is especially important because we are heading into the fantasy football playoffs. And so the first one we want to talk about is Lamar Jackson. He had a, what is being called a, uh, a low ankle sprain. So not a high ankle sprain. So that should be better, but there is still no clarification on a time frame. I saw that Harbaugh said that he is weak or day to day, but they hope that he gets out there this Sunday against the Packers. Randy, how do you feel about Lamar? Do you think he's 
going to play this weekend? Um, well, there's still, I know they had, I believe, an MRI today on the ankle, and it really didn't clarify things for them necessarily. Um, just I, clarified not broken, clarified not high ankle sprain. Um, from basically all I've seen, that's it. So, as far as playing this week, um, I know they don't have an early game, so it's it's a Sunday game, and I think there's a chance, especially after a loss as last week, they clearly need a win. But this is a tough opponent who's coming off of another great game in the Packers. Uh, so I wouldn't be shocked if this is a if this is truly a day to day week to be injury. I wouldn't be shocked if Lamar sits, and that sucks. <laughs> Because you, you don't want Lamar out there having to just be a pure pocket passer. That's the problem. So if if you're only going to have 70% of Lamar or probably like 25% of Lamar because you can't run the ball more than just a little bit for like two yards, I'd rather just sit him for the week if I'm the Ravens, especially because the one loss isn't going to kill you in the playoff race. No, and with how impactful the rest of the games are for them that i mean yeah we were just talking about the Ravens schedule and we were going to get to it later but it is important to note now the, they get the packers this week they turn around and get the bengals then they get the rams then they get the steelers so two divisional games and divisional games are always tough especially yeah. in the afc north and then two of the most difficult uh non-conference games it's just uh it's going to be very tough for them and so sitting him a week might make some sense you know, I, I think if you had a quarterback that maybe didn't rely on his legs as much, I think you play him. Uh, I mean, yeah, Josh... like, like with Josh Allen with his foot straight, like yeah, him being day to day, if he just can't run this game, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how they got in the, the game was with his. But that was run. that was specific game plan, though. I, know. I don't that's not every week where he runs for 100 yards. It's very true. It's very true. Yeah. So the, keep tabs on Lamar. Uh, you know, we didn't put it in the waiver wire segment. Do you have interest in adding Tyler Huntley against the Packers then? No. Okay. That's probably fair. Uh, the Packers have a really good defense. We we saw a little bit of that on Sunday Night Football last night. Um, all right. Next guy, Emmanuel Sanders. He has a knee injury. Randy, talk to me about the knee you know, yeah, I, again, it, we haven't gotten like this absurd amount of updates on a lot of these guys this week, unfortunately, uh, going into the Monday show. It's just a knee injury. Uh, I do not know the severity from reports so far, um, but he hasn't been doing great of late anyways. He definitely was one of the, the early of the season darlings uh, for people like Sean, who got him out the waivers or drafted him really late, but he's kind of been slowed down as of late and with this injury i think they let him sit and get completely healthy because gabriel davis kind of showed out in his absence and alongside uh him on the field over the last couple weeks with his deteriorating play uh or at least effectiveness i guess i should say for fantasy i I mean it's not like he's out there dropping passes or something but uh yeah (laughs) gabriel davis has kind of showed out and if he's banged up i don't see why you'd even consider playing Emmanuel Sanders if you're the Bills, who, yes, you lost, so it does hurt your your playoff race and everything, but you're still a team that everyone expects to make the playoffs, and I don't think Emmanuel Sanders being out a week does anything to that. Yeah, Gabe Davis this week, eight targets, five receptions, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Good stat line. This was kind of what people were expecting. They kind of forgot that Emmanuel Sanders – 
was signed uh, as they were making projections forward for the Bills this offseason. But uh, hopefully maybe Gabe Davis can be a playoff darling or a, a league winner per se. Possibly. Probably not. Uh, next one, Kareem Hunt. He has an ankle injury, and Kevin Stefanski basically said that he does not expect Kareem Hunt to play this week. He has been deemed week to week. Uh, I did not catch the Browns game live. Uh, shocking to all of our listeners, but in watching it back, probably smart to leave uh, Kareem off the field because the run game for the Browns is just not working anyway. And ultimately, when I, I walked out of that game and I said the most effective running back that they had in this game was Dearness Johnson. And so I think getting Dearness well, some snaps is going to be okay. Yeah, and it, it comes with the obvious uh, caveat that whenever Chubb's in the game, the Ravens don't expect any form of pass. They just expect a run. Um, and then when Dearness is in the game, they really don't even expect Dearness to run the ball because <laughs> you know he's the third string running back they're worried more about everything going through the air there uh and it's not like he was dominant on the ground either he's had basically i'd say one good run two good runs but only one that counted yeah, that's <laughs> uh, true. so it, it was just it was the same thing if you expected chubb or hunt or dearness in case one of those went down to have this spectacular game this week after watching two weeks ago against the ravens I think you're surely mistaken because teams generally don't completely flip their script when you kind of dominate that aspect of the game. <laughs> they don't generally like, you know what? Now we're going to have four person fronts and only like one linebacker in there. No, they're going to come back with that full stack box and not let you beat them at what you're good at. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we don't have to talk too much about the, the Browns second half. I do want to mention as a, a little one-off, uh, Despite Kareem Hunt not being ultra-effective or Nick Chubb being ultra-effective, Baker Mayfield was the third-highest-graded quarterback per PFF this week. Had a very good game, uh, and that was with a bad second half. So uh, not pushing narratives too much, but I'll just push it a little just bit. A little, bit. <laughs> just a little, little tap in. Um, all right, next injury, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we have in here the toe got worse. Randy, can you expand on that i did not yeah he basically he explained that his he feels really banged up as of last night his toe has gotten worse and then it was brought up that the surgery to fix it uh was kind of the last resort type deal um and that was the whole report <laughs> so when that's the whole report i get a little nervous because i don't think he sits or gets surgery because he knows they're kind of all or nothing right now um, I think he tries to stave off just like Baker stave off to the, the off season, but this is where, and if it just, if it got worse in this game where I don't really think he got that bait, like beat up in my opinion, uh, it, I mean, limits completely the running and his capability, but shouldn't really limit that much of the throwing, which is what Aaron Rodgers does. So, um, I would just kind of look at it basically. It, it's, yeah. I don't think he sits unless it's unplayable kind of thing, yeah. but I wouldn't expect anything on the ground from now on. I will say the the Packers did lose another offensive lineman in this game uh, yeah. to injury, and it, it looks like he will be out this week. It, it was a pretty bad roll-up, so yeah. you never know with linemen because they're psychopaths, but um, it, it, I think, who was it? Billy? Billy? I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I, I watched the play and I was like, yep, that's 
it was he's, bad. He's not doing great. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think that that means that Aaron Rodgers could have a little bit of a rough day against the Ravens because they do have a really good front. Yeah, now. they will. They will attack him. And that's one of the things, though. If he, if his escapability of running is completely limited by this toe, uh, and you face a team like the Ravens, even if they don't have Lamar, it doesn't matter because they're still gonna that defense is still gonna be coming after you regardless. Yeah, I'd expect some quick game, maybe a nice little uh, slant to Devontae for a nice long touchdown, uh, or Fair. a couple. Uh, Rex Burkhead groin injury. Mm. I don't care too much. I don't. I don't it's, think it, he was just basically like the star. I, you know, like he was. there's no one there I care about. It's just it's very true, very true. Uh, Austin Eckler ankle injury. I did hear today that he would have gone back in the game had it been a close game. He was getting all wrapped up, and then they just decided, eh, no need, buddy. You just sit, yeah, sit right back down. I saw that as well. I honestly put this in here for more of. When we get to the waivers, first of all, waivers, just hand, get your handcuffs for running backs right now. Uh, yes. For the Chargers, don't. <laughs> yeah. Just don't, because uh, honestly, <laughs> it, is it just me or if Eckler's out, they're using three running backs. <laughs> yeah, for so sure. So you're, ho- you're hoping you pick the one that gets a touchdown, and then yeah. you're, he's barely a flex. So just just don't. Yeah, you'd, you'd pick up Larry Roundtree, and it'd be a Josh Kelly day. So yes. it's... Yeah, don't don't pain yourself with those those decisions. And ultimately, the Chargers play the Chiefs. The Chargers are going to try to throw the ball and score a lot of points because Justin Herbert can throw the ball 70 freaking yards in the air. The, uh, yeah, the other thing with Eckler, they play Thursday. So yeah. if it is even a little bit of an issue, he may sit just because uh, this is a team that is, again, fighting for playoffs. And if your guys are eighty percent, possibly could get hurt worse in a short week. It's tough yeah. to say that they yeah. play, especially against the Chiefs' defense that's playing out of its mind right now. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're playing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know we we can't really talk about that game. Uh, all right, I don't even know guy. what you're talking about. I just I saw Hunter Redfro have like this great game. I don't know what the this Raiders team is you speak of. I just saw yeah. Hunter Revro do well. I just hope they play poorly again on Saturday. Uh, Gio Bernard, hip injury. It sounds as though he is going to be out for the rest of the year with this hip injury. It's a multi-week injury, and uh, maybe he's back for the playoffs, but not. He, he's out football. for the fantasy season. Yeah, so uh, you probably weren't playing Gio too often anyway. This might just mean an uptick in Leonard Fournette pass catching work, and it might get Ronald Jones on the field, but also doesn't matter for fantasy, unfortunately. Nope. Rest in peace, Rojo. Uh, Taylor Heineke, knee injury. He had an MRI today. I did not see an update on that MRI, um, but same. it looked as though it wasn't a serious injury it might be more of a sprain but kyle allen slots in as the starter that's not something i would ever want to mess with so just avoid that now how does that impact this next guy shout out that train jesus on on point every week wow Um, it's a loud one so loud so i'll couple that actually with so terry mclaurin left this game with a concussion he was held to zero catches on four targets in this football game before leaving with a concussion. 
if he is clearing the protocol and Kyle Allen is the quarterback, are you nervous to start him in your playoff matchups? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, he's kind of been quarterback proof uh, throughout the, the years, which is fair here. Uh, but he's been pretty quarterback proof and man, I, there's no update on his knee, unfortunately. Um, so I, I think you could play him, I think, as a wide receiver two flex kind of scenario. But okay. it, it's one of those things where he's not he's not most teams wide receiver threes, you know. So unless you want yeah. wide receiver really early in the draft. But yeah, uh, shout out to Kevin from the Debbie Royale, my, my co-host over there. Uh, the big debate today on if there should be trade deadlines in dynasty leagues he says no uh a lot of most of my leagues have them uh to prevent like the ultimate tank and also stacking up you know contenders and it makes sense on both sides but this is an instance where like i wish the trade deadline wasn't existent because i could go out and get some wide receiver reinforcement in some of my leagues if i have terry mclaurin but it's just part of fantasy it's yeah, it's a part of fantasy, and I I get it, I do. Um, I think in a, in, I don't think in a pure dynasty league I'm like all for not having a trade deadline. I think in a Devi league I'm all for not having it. Obviously with college yeah. side, <laughs> you kind of want to have more uh, flexibility with everything. But for me, and a lot of people that are like uh, against trade deadlines also say, well, just cut it off for the playoffs. It's like, well then. There is a trade deadline, and you're counteracting what you just said. So, exactly. which one is it? You know, uh, for me, I again, I, I in dynasty, you especially with a group of friends or like work colleagues or stuff, uh, industry people, there really won't be a sense of you calling like collusion on trades. But the trades that we're discussing right here where people are loading up for the playoffs and everything uh, in a sense could be viewed as collusion, especially if the the person kind of giving up for the future, isn't really all knowledgeable about the value of what the, the depth or the, the picks that they're getting back. So yeah. it does, unless it's a really competitive league, it does breed for chaos <laughs> and That's chaos true. usually makes people unhappy, which then could lead to the league mm-hmm. unfolding. And it's just not worth it to me. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I have trade deadlines and all of mine, but like I said, I get both points. But either way, I do too. You know, it's just Terry, Terry McLaurin's probably fine. Um, and he's he, he could get you a baseline of ten points. Like I don't think yeah, he's gonna be held catchless if he's healthy. So he's kind of needed the touchdowns of late to be yeah. effective. Is the unfortunate part. That's true. That is true. All right, uh, that's it for the injuries uh, from this week. Let's move on to the highlights, and I knew this would be the first name on the list, but Hunter Renfro, the wide receiver 12 in PPR leagues right now, uh, has been going berserk over the last three weeks. So this week especially, 14 targets, 13 catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, just about a cl- pretty he, – he was fastly approaching uh, 30 fantasy points, which – uh, where you got Hunter Renfro in your drafts or even how you acquired him in Dynasty, uh, this is the ultimate return. 
no one expected a, a wide receiver one year out of Hunter Renfro, and there's a good chance that it keeps up this week against the Browns. Randy, how did you feel about this Renfro uh, explosion? <laughs> uh, seems how it was my start of the week. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah. He helped me in a lot of matchups, but this dude's just been killing it. He's taken over this role as the guy. Um, and, uh, of course, the last couple, you could say three weeks technically with that Waller, in a sense, because of an early injury. He's just been the guy and five wide receiver one weeks in the last six weeks <laughs> is all I have to say. If you have hit a red throw, play him. I am slightly weary this week, um, especially if the Browns uh, can get Newsom back this week to just continue to bolster that corner room. Troy Hill is a very good slot corner. Uh, however, Renfro seemingly it doesn't matter because he's very, very shifty. So uh, and he's not. It's not like he's getting a ten yard catch and then runs it for the next fifty. It's he gets ten yards, then he gets fifteen, then he gets eight, then he gets two, then he gets fifty. It's like what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? And it's, he's, he's just gonna keep getting peppered. Derek Carr is the guy of uh, confidence in the receiver. If he likes you, if he trusts you, you are getting the ball. Plain and simple. We still don't know status of Derek Waller for this week. It is a shorter week yet again. Playing on Saturday. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, there were there was some talk that maybe Waller would be activated last week. So I, I kind of expect him to play this week. I don't know. You know, I, obviously it matters a little bit, but this is three straight weeks of over 100 yards for Hunter Renfro. And he has a very good opportunity to. So with four weeks left in the season and, and we all know that the total points count that last week, uh, if he gets 63 points over that span of time, which is well within his range of outcomes, he will have produced, uh, he would have doubled. If you combine his first two years, he would have doubled it, or he, he would have outpaced his first two years entirely. So incredible year, breakout year. Hunter Renfro is going to be drafted very, very highly next year, and then Marcus Mariota is going to he, he miss won't. him all the time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hopefully not. Well, he won't because the Raiders most likely pick a receiver in the first, and then everyone will be like, well, he did it with no one there. So the narrative will shift back. So uh, That is true. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I'm sorry, we have to uh, talk about this side of the ball, Randy, but the Kansas City Chiefs were <laughs> – incredible in this football game i believe they went up 35 to nothing i, I think that was the halftime score patrick mahomes no, was no got was a field it? goal in there oh, okay 35 to 3 right okay that's great uh final score was 48 to 9 uh patrick mahomes 20 of 24 258 two touchdowns uh chad henney three carries for negative two yards those are some nice kneel downs uh, i don't know if you guys saw the uh uh Packers backup quarterback. He posted a picture of his knee with the paint on it and said, that's a win or something like that. Just boss move. Uh, Chad Henney could have done that as well. Uh, but the, the main, so in this game, there wasn't a really great fantasy performance now outside of all of the running backs uh, that played for the chiefs. Clyde Edwards, Lair had two touchdowns. Uh, he only carried the ball 10 times though. They split the work up between three guys the, the main thing that I want to talk about, though, and, and I know this is our highlights segment. The Chiefs were electric. Their defense is incredible. But Travis Kelsey, three catches for 27 yards. 
are what why how did, was it that doesn't happen against they the didn't need him. it's fair but like uh, well tyreek hill was getting open on like curl routes and going off early uh they were dominating the ground uh they're getting short fields so it, it was a ridiculous first half um and it's really wasn't all because of the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, honestly, the Chiefs defense really like didn't play that well. Like okay. it, it just looks that way because of the turnovers. Um, and uh, in my opinion, the turnovers were more caused by the Raiders just being crappy. Uh, <laughs> you, you had uh, Josh Jacobs fumbling for a touchdown the very first play, where he <laughs> yeah. like never fumbles, and for some reason he fumbles there. Uh, Foster row fumbles out of nowhere. Uh, and then Renfro gets perfectly punched and fumbles as well. And Moreau fails to leap on top of it. He actually just basically shoots the ball into Tyron Matthews' hands instead. So it, it was more of that, in my opinion, than the Chiefs defense like dominating. But I will say they were getting pressure pretty regularly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that's the thing that has been impressive to me is uh, they've Chris. Chris Jones bumping inside has, and Melvin Ingram being on the outside has really opened that up for the Chiefs, and it's fun. So, um, I believe Ben selected right a piece though for the ringer that basically said, like, a lot of their success has been show and, and kind of like it might not be sustainable. So, we'll see how they play down the stretch. But uh, they have a prime opportunity this Thursday against the Chargers to prove if they're real or not. So. Well, we know they're real. They're the Chiefs, but you know what I mean. Uh, all right, next guy on the list is Rashad Penny. Um, there were some tweets, you know, Twitter's a fun place about how we can't sucker ourselves into Rashad Penny after he got 11 touches last week. Well, you should have. Uh, 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. He did add a catch for a yard, and um, that was that was fun, but he scored over twenty fantasy points, and it's it was kind of like yeah, this is what they drafted him to be. It just happened four years too late, um, or three and a half years too late, I guess. But what do you think of his performance? I mean, do you think this is sustainable moving forward? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's sustainable. Um, he looked really good running the football. Um, I kind of was more on the screen. I spent a lot of Saturday night, Sunday morning, picking him up everywhere, uh, playing him a few places, but picking him up just to have as that guy in the bench in case it works out. And it worked out. So I'm, I'm very happy with the result. Um, he gets the Rams this week. Um, if he there, I mean, James Conner has had a pretty good night, but he's had a decent game through the air as well. Um, then after that, they must play someone really bad because I don't see him on the list. Uh, so that's a good <laughs> thing for them. Yeah. They probably play like the Lions or something crappy. Um, and then they kind of drop off the list because I assume they lose. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, the NFC is going to get fun when we can talk to it. Um, but I think he is the waiver wire. I, I think you spend everything on him and you just run it, run with it. I think you can expect – at least what you were getting from Alex Collins when you wanted him to actually play in the lineup. Yeah. So at least like that 10, 12 points with touchdown upside. Uh, but he has the ability to, you know, break free and get over 50 yards clearly. Yeah. 
Still an explosive player. He does get the Rams, as you said, but then the Bears and the Lions uh, in back-to-back weeks. And so yeah. Bears Bears run defense is uh, not hit outstanding. But yeah, it's yeah, hit or miss the best. It's, yeah. So, uh, okay. Uh, next thing, Josh Allen and Tom Brady. Uh, this was what I would call the game of the week. Uh, there were a lot of games of the week, but this one especially – you know, I'm sorry to Jeff, my other co-host on the Debbie Royale, uh, who experienced the non-called pass interference on the throw in the end zone uh, on uh, the Bucks, and then they called pass interference on the ensuing drive in overtime, which, or, well, on the on the Bucks next drive, I guess it would be, but uh, tough scene. But this game was incredible. The Bills, this is, they actually, when they came back in this game, I was shocked because it looked like they were primed to roll over, die, and potentially miss the playoffs. The fact that they fought back makes me think they still have it, uh, but they're very reliant on Josh Allen, and I don't know if they can win games by doing design quarterback runs as your only means to move the ball on the ground. I just, do you think that's sustainable? Well, yeah, in a sense, but <clears throat> you got to also remember who they played. They played Tampa, who is a top three run defense, any stat you look at. So running straight at the middle with Devin Singletary is not really the option. So getting power, uh, getting an extra blocker with the QB run scheme was pretty much the only way they were going to be able to run the ball against this kind of team. Um I don't think that's the only answer moving forward against some of these other matchups, but it was, it was smart play calling. It's true. Uh, On the other side of the ball, Tom Brady and Mike Evans was my start of the week. He went six for six, uh, 91 yards and a touchdown. And the touchdown catch was incredible. Uh, One of the best catches of the weekend that actually counted. There were some cool ones that didn't uh, specifically (laughs) DJ Moore's Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones had a nice one too, but um the Bucks looked like the Bucks, uh, and in the first half, and then the Bills kind of narrowed it down, and it, it became a grinded out game. And it, I knew that the Bucks were still going to win this game because they are the Bucks and they have Tom Brady, and Tom Brady beats the Bills, and that's just how it goes. I'm sorry, Bills fan. So, uh, great game though, great fantasy performances as well. So, all right, next up we have Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook, if you don't recall, this was a long, long time ago now, back way back on Thursday night. Uh, he just went berserk. People sat him. Um, you know, we, we didn't have a ton of clarity until a couple hours before the game, and then they said, no, wheels up for Dalvin Cook. So I put him in my lineup, thank God. But he ran the ball 27 times for 205 yards. He averaged 7.59 yards per carry. He had two touchdowns. Uh, it, it looked like he could have run for 300 yards and it looks as though Dalvin cook will be a, uh, the workhorse that we know him to be for the fantasy playoffs. That injury didn't look to be hampering him at all. Right, Randy? Yeah, he, he looked really solid. Um, in also though, there was like massive gaps. Um, so maybe in a more grinded out kind of game, we get to see more how that shoulders tested. But in this one, he looked perfectly healthy. Yeah, very true. Um, Yeah, and so Dalvin Cook, over the next three weeks, he gets the Bears, then the Rams, then the Packers. So kind of a tough schedule, but uh, it doesn't matter with Dalvin Cook. So fire him up, fire him up. 
Um, don't sit him. I know some people <laughs> did and regretted it very, very much so. But well, like you said, if you weren't up to date on everything, the narrative was I don't know how much work he gets, but the like you said, about two hours before game time, especially an hour before the game time, it was just everyone saying he's full go, they don't care, he's getting the ball. Uh, at that point, you play it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, all right, the next guy. We're, we're just talking about quite a few studs here in a row. Uh, but Alvin Kamara, so he missed four games uh, with an injury, came back immediately uh, back to his old self, 27 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown, added four catches for 25 yards through the air. Uh, there was some skepticism skepticism surrounding him because of Taysom Hill. I think this put that to rest. I think you're fully confident in Kamara as an RB one every week for the remainder of the year. Right. Yep. Full go. Same with Dalvin. I think yeah. they, they are the lead horses with Jonathan Taylor carrying people through the playoffs now. Yeah. Uh, the, here's a guy that we aren't necessarily fully sold on, you know, uh, you, you especially have talked about this, but um, Saquon Barkley, we, we have in here that he's finally back to be in the RB one. The funny part is he actually saw a decrease in his snaps in this game. He was just more effective. Uh, and ultimately it's touchdowns guys. Like if the giants can score a touchdown, Saquon's going to finish as an RB one or close to it uh, in this game. He went 16 of 64, didn't score a touchdown there, but he did catch a nice touchdown and they lined him up on the outside, which is exactly what Saquon's supposed to do. He caught three balls for 31 yards and added that touchdown there. Now, Randy, the question here, is he a surefire put in your lineup for the fantasy playoffs? Let's we'll, we need to break down matchups, I think. I think that's gonna be a week to week uh look yeah. at it. But I it's Saquon, it's hard to say he's gonna be anything worse than at least a flex option for you. Yeah, and that's... there's possibility of Daniel Jones coming back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, They're... I guess that's bad, right? <laughs> no, that, I mean it helps them. Their offense can move the ball a little bit more. Um, yeah, I guess it's being kind of put around that this week they're getting more tests done, evaluating if he is full go or not. Uh, so hopefully we yeah. know this week. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, kind of have to zip through these next one, George Kittle. So the last two weeks for George Kittle, 27 targets, 22 catches, uh, 300 and math so hard right now, 332 he, he, yards he's been and three him. touchdowns. Yeah, <laughs> that's, you know, I was adding up real time. Clearly, uh, over the last two weeks, depending on your format, George Kittle has just destroyed the tight end position. Not even depending on your format. I know Mark Andrews had a massive day too, but if you combine the last two weeks, George Kittle looks to be the elite tight end that we know him to be. He's the tight end three on the year, and he missed, I believe, three games uh, in the middle of the year. So. Uh, I know this is with like a banged up Debo Samuel, but Debo was out there and he was healthy and he wasn't himself. And we kind of knew that, but it doesn't matter. Uh, George Kittle is back to exactly what we wanted him to be. And that's exciting. That was a highlight for sure. Yep. Uh, and then the guy that we just touched on, Mark Andrews, incredible game uh, you put in here versus prevent. Yeah. Yeah. The Browns went to uh they're, they're nice little 
let's sit back in soft zone. And Mark Andrews took advantage of that. 11 catches, 11 targets, uh, 115 yards, also caught a touchdown. So Mark Andrews is the tight end one for fantasy football right now over Travis Kelsey. So um, poor Darren That's Waller. Yeah. yeah, poor Darren Waller. And then Dawson Knox, we, we get all of our tight ends in in line here. Dawson Knox had a nice little game there. So uh, let's move on to some low lights because we're running out of time already. Uh, Chase Claypool. <laughs> and the reason Chase Claypool was a low light was not his performance on the field because in garbage time, now up until garbage time, Chase Claypool could have been considered a low light. But as the Steelers were mounting their comeback, especially on those last couple of drives, Chase Claypool was dominant. He looked like a surefire wide receiver one. And then he makes a catch for a first down points. And I started to, I actually went back and counted it because there was a lot of debate over Chase Claypool on Friday morning and he cost them six seconds. And you can argue that he wasn't the one that cost them that time that it was offensive lineman's fault. But my argument uh, is that, he shouldn't have been pointing. He should have gotten up, run the ball to the ref who, you know, he, he made his little excuse that, Oh, the ref wasn't there yet. Yeah, man, give it. You got it. You've got to get to him. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, what do you think of this? Do you think this is going to be a, a constant issue with Chase Claypool? No, I wouldn't necessarily, but his post game uh, presser did not help that because no. he didn't, didn't want to take accountability for it uh, necessarily. I think he ended up jabbing in there like, I got to be a little bit better. But, like, dude, just take accountability. Say you fucked up. Say you thought it wasn't going to hurt anything because you didn't see the ref right away. But, like, just take a little bit of accountability. This It's like, for them, it's just always like the little things with these receivers. They, they draft these studs, and then little things start to pile up. They become big things. They become distractions, unfortunately. I don't think that's going to be the case for Claypool. But you got to remember, he got a lot of early success uh, that wasn't supposed to be. Uh, you gave him a nickname after a game that he didn't deserve uh, just because of comparison reasons. And this is somewhat of the outcome. I think he's I think he's going to get back to normal. Let this get out. Just get rid of this. Don't honestly for him. If he didn't celebrate the next game, it would be the funniest thing ever. But smart, just be like, Yeah, is this what you want? But like in that key scenario, you just got to do everything you can to win. That could have been the difference between one more play and win. So, yeah, ultimately, you know, you can't put the blame completely on him. The defense gave up 36 points or whatever the hell they scored. Uh, the Vikings scored so. And they, and they let Dalvin Cook run for over seven a carry. So, yeah. no, you can't put the sole blame on him, but you oh, can say uh, that he contributed for sure, and that and sucks. He, and he contributed heavily to them being in the game. So it's true. It's, it's a plus minus, but yeah. in the last 30 seconds, is the minus more or the plus more? That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, next guy, Cam Newton. Um, you know, I was, I was wrong on Cam Newton, I guess. Um, I, I can admit that he went 15 of 23 in this game, 178 yards and, and threw a pick. He did add 45 yard, 47 yards on the ground and a touchdown, which so Cam still has it. The problem, he, he didn't look great doing it against a Falcons defense, which to be fair, AJ Terrell has had a great year and the Falcons defense has performed a little better than 
uh, what I would have expected at least with guys that I've never even heard of. Um, but there is the report that he is now sharing time under center. They're going with the two quarterback system. Matt rule is a clueless, clueless man. Um, but I saw the report today that they do plan to get both of them in there. So there's also a possibility of Darnold being involved too, which is crazy. I don't think he's clueless. I just think he's trying to make the best of a kind of shit situation. And I would argue yes, but like also don't fire your coordinator that while he hasn't had success, uh, doing it when he did it didn't make any sense to me. Just let him ride out the year so that Cam actually has some consistency and continuity. And now you're asking a guy to come in mid after midseason, learn a playbook, but then also learn a different playbook. So um, I don't know. Yeah. It's not smart. But for him, it's more of the came in, rated touchdown in, threw a pick, got benched, came back in, threw a touchdown, I believe. Or was mm-hmm. that PJ? PJ threw the touchdown, yeah, actually. PJ threw the touchdown. Uh, but he came back in, and then he came back. You know, it's just – yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, at that point, just tell us PJ's the quarterback and Cam's going to come in for goal line. Like, <laughs> or yeah. just to run it. like For sure. Uh, I do want to put out there too, you know, I, I don't know who's listening, who's watching. Y- yes. I just admitted that I was wrong about Cam Newton. He hasn't looked great. Um, you know, I could give excuses. That's fine. If you want to hold me accountable for that, that's super dope. I deserve that for sure. Don't be an asshole. Uh, I, I had a lot of people saying, you know, I should stop talking about football today. Uh, I, I can if you want, but I'm not going to because I don't want to. So uh, just throwing that out there. Don't be an asshole to analysts that do put a lot of time into it. I think it's kind of corny, but that's Twitter for you. Um, Dak Prescott, another low light. Um, Washington he's, football t- team he's been has... a low light of late. He's been a low light for... You know, he had one good game against the Raiders, but it's hard not to have a good game against the Raiders, and Baker Mayfield's really going to test that theory out here soon uh, <laughs> in, a, in a few days. But uh, over the last four weeks, he has only gotten over 12 fantasy points uh, that one time. So this week he went 22 of 39 for 211 yards, a touchdown and two picks. Uh, he added some, some yards on the ground, but this offense is not working. Uh, as well as it did last year. Uh, I think Pollard being banged up in this game and not playing may have impacted that a little bit, but I'm not entirely sure what's going on with Dak. I am considering, so Dak gets the Giants next, which should be okay, but then he gets the football team again, and then the Cardinals, who, you know, they did get kind of dunked on tonight, but, like, they are a good defense. I have decisions to make, and I don't like that. I wish it well, was a plug-and-play one. Listen, I, I can tell you for the Lister League, we're going to play Dak, but <laughs> uh, like it's because the Colts play the Patriots. So playing Wentz is one of the scariest things possible. Yeah, you uh, can't be doing that. That's... And we have Teddy two gloves as well, or Teddy ten points. So that's... I really don't want to play him. Man, that's my decision, though. Like I have the, the option to maybe slot Teddy in instead. Um I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, um, (laughs) yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's, he was not good. Dallas pulled out the win. Micah Parsons is going to be the defensive rookie of the year, and he might very well win defense player of the year, depending on these last few weeks. Uh, 
Trevor uh, Lawrence. I was going to say, let's quickly run through these and we can talk about the important parts. Yeah. So we we can actually eliminate some of these. So that's fine. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't I don't want to harp on this kid. Uh, I think he's doing what he can with a terrible situation. And I will give him the same excuse that I will give Justin Fields. Uh, terrible head coach, terrible culture, receivers that don't know what the hell they're doing, receivers that can't catch passes. Trevor Lawrence was bad in this game, though. Um, yes, he, that, that's he, the thing. He like I don't think any of us expected him to be a, a quarterback one this week or even top sixteen, but he had like one point or something. Like he's very he very one bad. Point. Yeah, and this offense was pure shit. Let's just be real. Uh, Urban Meyer <laughs> uh, didn't have Robinson in his doghouse, but then didn't let Robinson touch the ball. Uh, <laughs> Dude. It's just it's just sad. I, I think you basically at this point, um, I think unless you're playing like O'Shaughnessy in a, a super deep league, I think you could just bench everyone. Uh hold on to Robinson, see about the matchups. I probably would sit him this week and hope for the best. See a good game. Sucks that you didn't play him then, but like it's better than playing him for this. Yeah. It's uh it it's bad in Jacksonville. We 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 need to do a, a a segment on coaches and and what went wrong, and I'm sure we'll get, have some time for that in the next few well, weeks. Yeah, we'll but, have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's just bad. Um, and you know what? We've we've talked enough about the lowlights. I think that'll that'll do it for the lowlights for for this cool. episode. Uh, you want to uh, talk about one more thing? No, it's good. Next thing. <laughs> All right, so. Quickly, the waiver wire wish list, as I mentioned at the top, um, more strategy here than than players. So, Randy, why don't you walk us through exactly what you would be doing on the waivers this week? Or will uh, we Spend everything on Rashad Penny. Uh, you're not really carrying Fab into the playoffs. This is probably the last waiver wire you'll truly care about, except maybe picking up a defense or uh, because of COVID, you have to pick up this guy or whatever. This week, you pick up Rashad Penny. You pick up a couple of these other guys we'll talk about. But the biggest thing is I would handcuff all your backs that have clear take the value once if that guy's gone. Uh, like like Madison, like, uh, I mean, J- Jeff Ernest Wilson, Johnson. who's also on the list. Uh, I would say, like, uh, oh, God. I mean, there's there's so many. <laughs> but, like, like, the Raiders, I think you just don't care. Browns, I think you could pick up Jerry Johnson, but uh, it's tough. Maybe you can hear more about Kareem Hunt tomorrow, and then you do it. But, eh, uh, I mean, you can go through the teams and do that. Maybe people had to drop Tony Pollard this week because of the injury and needed a player trying to get into the playoffs, pick him up. Um, just, just go through the list. If, if you see a high-value handcuff and he's on the waiver wire, he needs to be rostered immediately. Uh, but Rashad Penny is the top. Uh, I would then go... Uh, Jeff Wilson is probably the only other running back that possibly has value. Uh, and then uh, I'm just going to run so, through them all. And then we'll, hold on. I was going to say really quickly to add a, a running back name in terms of handcuffing, uh, Khalil Herbert. Yes. Uh, I, that was the one I was trying to think of, but I couldn't think yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. So I know Herbert didn't get the run last night um, more than Damian Williams, at least, but I still think that Herbert would be the lead back if Monty were to yeah. go back down. So, I, I think he would be on uh, my it's list. It's Khalil Herbert, Daryl Williams, uh, 
<laughs> if Jonathan Taylor goes down, I guess Hines, but also, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there's plenty like that. And there's Maybe some like Latavius Murray, you know, Latavius like... Murray, Mark Ingram, because of COVID, could have got dropped this week. Pick him up, you know, the list yeah. continues, but go look for all those. Uh, wide receiver wise this week, I don't think there's handcuffs wide receivers, so I don't care about that. But the ones that have been impactful and could be impactful for this playoff push, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown continuing back to back weeks, getting all the targets. Uh, crap team, probably going to be the guy the rest of the season. There's a chance DeAndre Swift doesn't play again. Uh, there's a low chance Jamal Williams doesn't play again. So you get rid of <laughs> two top options. Uh, Hawkinson's hurt and Hasn't really done much. So Amon Ross, the guy right now, get him and possibly play him in a flex. We'll see. Rashad Bateman is the wide receiver two, three of this team if you count Mark Andrews. Um, He's very, very talented, and he's got some opportunity. And then Gabriel Davis with Emmanuel Sanders going down, he's also continuing to come on to the stretch. He's getting more opportunity with that injury. We've talked about it before. I think he could be very, very good for you down the stretch. Uh, just a really quick note. So there was some Rashad Bateman discussion today regarding his dynasty value and what to do with him in dynasty. Uh, Matt Seward said he was going to sell, and then he kind of rethought after looking up his value and said, I'd probably hold at this rate. Rashad Bateman is on a 17-game pace while missing a lot of training camp and missing most of the season. He is on a 17-game pace for about 70 catches, 900 yards, and zero touchdowns. And that zero touchdowns number is why you should not sell Rashad Bateman. That will regress to a mean. We don't know what that mean is just yet in this offense, but there will be some touchdown uh, regression for Rashad Bateman. And in Dynasty, he could take more of the share next week, and his share has been good. So down the stretch, yes. but In Dynasty period, I think we've seen enough from DuVernay this year that bolsters him enough on this team that I think Sammy Watkins can be an afterthought for the future and be gone. And you can mm-hmm. go with a trio of Hollywood Brown, who's come along, Rashad Bateman, who you know is good and has shown promise, and then DuVernay to be that in-between guy, in-between the sticks, uh, along with Andrews, obviously, and an approved running game next year. Let's not forget that. <laughs> They're getting vastly. their top two backs ne- uh, back next year. It's going to be vastly approved. This offense will be much better. So, yeah. yeah, and and the Ravens do a really good job. They have holes on their offensive line, and they will fix them. They will yep, be a 100%. great team. That's going to be eighty uh, percent of the draft, probably. Probably. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, let's get into a couple of the playoff scenarios and and what's kind of going on. So, AFC standings right now: the Patriots are in first place, followed by the Titans, Chiefs. Ravens, Chargers, Colts, and Bills. The first three out are the Browns, Bengals, and Broncos, all at seven and six. Then there are three more that are still very much so in the hunt, uh, Raiders being the least uh, in the hunt. But Steelers, Raiders, Dolphins are the last three. Uh, the top three teams have a 90-plus percent chance at making the playoffs. And then the next highest is actually the five-seed Chargers at 86%. The Ravens are only at 76% because, as we mentioned at the top of the show, the AFC North is wide open. I would argue that the Ravens don't even have the best shot to win the AFC North right now, despite the numbers. Um, We'll talk about some key games. 
the the one question so do you think that this is how it finishes with those seven teams at the top no i think uh patriots titans chiefs ravens are all completely safe i think the bills most likely get in mm-hmm. um i think the colts most likely are not playoff teams uh, they do not have a necessarily favorable schedule um and then you have teams the rest of the teams, uh, basically Steelers, Raiders, and Dolphins, I think, are all out of the hunt personally uh, just because of who they have to play. Browns, uh, if they win this week, they jump significantly, and then they have other key matchups um, to go along with. Broncos, I would say, are probably out of the hunt. Uh, they faced a couple easier matchups of late, which has helped them bolster their record back up, but they play uh, – they play somewhat decent this week, I believe, um, and they'll probably lose. They play the Bengals. So yeah. Bengals, Broncos, probably one of those get knocked out after this week. If it's me, I'm saying the Broncos pretty much get knocked out. So then you have the Bengals, Browns, Bills, Colts, and Chargers pretty much fighting for the last three playoff spots. Uh, so right now I would go Chargers, Bills, Browns. Uh, maybe a bit of a homer pick there, but – you got to remember, if Browns win this week, then they also have to face the Steelers again, which they should have beat the last time, which they could beat again. And then they finish the season at the Bengals. So even if there is a tie trying to get in to either the, to win the division or just get into the seventh seed, uh, they have an increased odds there because of the ability to control their own destiny. Absolutely. Uh, the one team that, you know, you, you mentioned the three teams that are fighting kind of. Uh, I think the Chargers are in. I think they're pretty much locked into the playoffs. I think there's a chance that we're talking about the Chiefs as a, oh, shit, are they going to get in? Because I think the Chargers could win this Thursday. And if that happens, um, then this whole thing flips upside down. The Chiefs would then probably have a pretty good shot at making the playoffs, but it also would just virtually eliminate um, uh, an entire slot. So while you could say that the Chargers are still fighting right now, um, if they beat the Chiefs, that pretty much locks in the first five teams. Now, I would argue that there's a chance that the Ravens miss the playoffs, depending on Lamar's injury, depending on, you know, the, we, we talked about their schedule. It's very, very difficult. The whole AFC North right now has a very, very difficult end of the season. I, it's a coin flip for me. So here's the thing with the AFC playoff picture. So we have uh, – we have – three-fourths of the AFC East. We have half of the AFC South. We have all of the AFC West, and we have uh, all of the AFC North. (laughs) That's Uh, crazy. The thing with that is the West, they all play each other. The North, they all play each other. Uh, And I know the Pats play the Bills left for sure, but other than that, I think they might play each other slightly, but uh, I believe the Colts and the Titans are done playing each other. I believe they played twice already. So they did. Uh, they're not having any more key matchups to face each other. The Bills have key matchups left and right. Uh, the Chargers play the Chiefs on Thursday. Then they get an easy game against the Texans. However, then they play the Broncos and Raiders to finish off. And where I did say both of those teams are probably out, that does not mean they make it. They're so bad that the, Chiefs, the Chargers are in. Uh, that's true that's the key thing um we'll see you know 
that's that's the kind of key thing with those. I think Thursday is going to be a, a real game changer for both the Chiefs and the Chargers, like you said. Yeah. For what it's worth, too, with the Colts, they have the probably the toughest two games here uh, in a row with New England this week and then Arizona the following week. They do finish yeah. the season out against the Raiders and the Jaguars, though. So we could very well see them go two and two over that stretch. Uh, I don't think nine wins will be enough. Um, yeah. We'll ultimately, see. I think you have to have 10 wins to get into the playoffs in the AFC. And that's the thing. Like, I think the Bills are locked in because they have a relatively easy schedule remaining. Uh, they play the Panthers, who have a flux at quarterback. I think they usually win that game. Then you have a rematch against the Patriots and at least hopefully better weather. <laughs> then you have the Falcons and the Jets. The Bills are in. So yeah. – in my That's opinion, fair. they lose. They could lose one of these, one of these, even two of these, and probably make it. But they're most likely could lose to the Patriots, and that's probably about it on that remaining schedule. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and then you know, there's still a chance that the Bills win their division. Uh, there is. As they would have to beat the Patriots in two weeks, but they do. But the the Patriots have a tougher schedule. So say they do somehow lose to the Colts, then Buffalo, then they do get Jacksonville, but then they get Miami to close the season. Now we know what happened with Miami to close the season last year against the Bills where <laughs> they had a clunker, but I don't expect that this year. So um, especially with the Dolphins still being in this. So AFC is wild. NFC is less wild. And let's get over to the NFC. So uh, updated uh, Cardinals are 10 and three two, and they're the two seed, right? They are. I think they. I don't think they hold the tiebreaker over the Packers. Didn't they play? Yeah, didn't the Packers win? They they they, they probably had a game. Um, <laughs> we we could definitely look that up. But uh, so the Packers way, did win. The Packers are the one seed. Yeah, so the Packers are virtually virtually locked into the playoffs. Uh, the Cardinals then are the two seed, I believe, and then the Bucks the three seed and the Cowboys. Uh, those four teams are in the playoffs. They have made it. They are not mathematically in the playoffs yet, but they have made it. Um, they are above 99% chance to get in the playoffs. Yes. So the first four teams are locked. The Rams just won. So they are nine and four. Their chances to make the playoffs are probably sitting at over 90%. We've been talking about this for a few weeks, but the first five teams in the NFC are locked and loaded. It's the last two teams that are, very much so in flux, but the San Francisco 49ers are kind of putting their stamp on this and saying there's only one spot to battle for. 49ers at seven and six right now have a 76% chance to make the playoffs. They are the six seed. And then <laughs> the seven seed uh, right now is the Washington football team at six and seven, 27% chance. They're sitting there now and they have a worse chance than like two teams behind them. Um, Vikings, six and seven, 33%. Eagles, 38%. Uh, Falcons are somehow 6-7, and seven, despite being one of the worst teams in the NFL, uh, DVOA-wise, just not a good football team. Only 12%. Saints at 6-7, and seven, 20%. And then a flurry of teams that are, are not mathematically eliminated, but are definitely eliminated. Panthers, Seahawks, Giants, and Bears. Uh, Bears at 4-9 and nine could still get into the playoffs, and that's absurd. Uh, 0.3% yeah. chance. In my opinion... Once the only team past the Saints there that have a chance is the Seahawks. Uh, and that's because the Seahawks schedule because <laughs> they have to win basically to get in. 
Uh, Seahawks play the Rams this week, and then I don't think I actually put them on there because I figured they'd probably lose. Uh, so I'll actually pull them up. But yeah. so we, for the we most part, those last ones I would just kind of move on from. Uh, yeah. But because basically they're in there right now, they lose one game, they're done. But Seahawks, they have a tough game this week against the Rams, no doubt. Then they play the Bears, who might be mathematically eliminated by then. Then they play the Lions, who are mathematically eliminated. Then they end against the Cardinals. So in that race, <laughs> the Cardinals, with a loss tonight, you know, they, they move from the one seed to definitely the two, possibly the three. Uh, I don't know how that tiebreaker works out off the top of my head. But when you break that down, <laughs> uh, there's a chance that we get to the point where they know they're not the one seed going into that week. And if the Seahawks are winning, get in kind of scenario, uh, they might get a, a resting Cardinals organization, which is huge. So I think they still have a relative chance to make it, uh, but it all hinges kind of on this week. I think they kind of have to win this week uh, yeah. because then they, they could finish then nine and eight basically. And I think that probably gets you in or at least right. gets you the chance. Uh, yeah. But if you lose this week, you probably dropped out about 1%. You go into that last week, uh, seven and nine, hoping to go eight and nine. I don't know if you get in. Uh, out of those teams that are like realistic options, maybe not the Seahawks, um, wh- who do you think makes the playoffs in that last slot? Yeah. So I think Washington's out. Um, I think this Heineke injury is pretty much just destroyed yeah. their, their odds. Yeah. Uh, they face the Eagles this week. And then they face the Eagles again two weeks after that. Uh, so I think the Eagles uh, definitely win this week with Heineke most likely not playing. And then if Heineke can come back for the next one, they have a chance to win that one. But at that point, what does it turn out to be? But uh, that's a key matchup this week. So I'm going to go Washington's done basically mm-hmm. because of that. Falcons, I'd also say, just screw it. You're done. I don't care. Uh, yeah. They play the 49ers this week. Again, we said the 49ers are going to stay up their claim to the sixth seed and just call it uh vikings who do they play this week uh they play the bears so they kick the bears out if they win uh that's not a guaranteed victory by any means don't get me wrong but i think they do pull out the victory uh and panthers play the bills so we could rule out the panthers we could rule out the giants we put the cowboys and could probably rule out the bears so you already take off three of the 15 teams uh go down to 12 uh, if the Seahawks lose, you could almost take them off the book. Um, I think Falcons are a good team, so I just don't think they make it. So for me, uh, it's one spot, and I'll give it to you. It's e- for me, it's either Eagles or Vikings. Um, I don't know. Vikings Vikings have a tougher schedule than the Eagles, which is why I think I'd go the Eagles. Yeah. So, so Eagles, Washington, Giants, Washington, and then they finish against the Cowboys. Uh but we're probably like, resting because exactly. they have claimed the division. However, if the Eagles went out or win these next three, they then go to nine and seven going into the last week. And the Cowboys, uh, while they do play the Giants this week, uh, they don't have like they, they play Washington the week after, uh, and then they play the Cardinals. So they may not be resting. It yeah. might be for the division kind of thing so we'll see yeah it's very true the vikings on the other hand do 
they have the Bears this week, but then they follow up with the Rams and Packers, and I think that's going to be the dagger there. I think they lose probably. Both I think of those they games. can maybe win one of those, but we just went off saying that the U.S. probably win one of all three of the next three, or at least two of the next three. Yeah. So that yeah. means the Eagles make it, which is crazy. Um, I I do want I want to pat myself so who, on the back because I remember when we talked yeah, about this like six weeks ago, and you were like, eh, you could probably write off the Eagles." I was like, "Man, I don't know yet. I don't know. They they're they've, playing better. They've gotten some key wins though. That's they have they have they've played really well, and they tailored the offense to be around Jalen Hurts, and then they changed it to be tailored around Gardner Minshew, and it was it's awesome what they're doing. So Speaking I hope they tailor it around someone. Taysom Hill and the Saints with Kamara back. They played Tampa this week, which is going to damper their hopes, but. This could be a closer game than people are expecting. It's a Sunday night game as well. But then they face the Dolphins, the Panthers, and the Falcons. So I don't think we could rule out the Saints either. This week will say a lot. Uh, That's what kind of sucked. I I went through and put all the key games, and I got through pretty much every game this week on the schedule uh, for key games because there's so many teams possibly in the playoffs. Uh, this is going to be a very, very pivotal week for a lot of teams. Uh, week 16 will be the nail in the coffin for a lot of teams, if not uh, the sealer for some teams. Um, so when we revisit this, maybe like week 17, I think we'll have a very clear understanding of who has the actual pick or actual uh, attempt to get in. Uh, but yeah. for right now, I think I would pick the Eagles and the 49ers to get in. Yeah. I yeah I agree I, I I virtually think the 49ers are locked which well I mean they again they get the Falcons uh this week then they get the Titans which is not an easy win or even no. a possibility of a win I think uh, they beat the Titans and they finish yeah. against the Rams uh so I mean let's they don't have the they are the best team of that bunch uh but they by no means have the easiest schedule with that bunch is the problem. Uh, yeah. Because it's yeah, it's Falcons, uh, Falcons, Titans, Texans, Rams. So I think they easily win half of those. But yeah. that's the problem: is two enough? I think so. I think nine wins. So I think ten wins get you in in the AFC, and I think nine win nine wins get you in in the NFC. And I think going two and two gets them in. So even if they end up the seven seed, I th- I think they're in. But. Yeah, it's it's going to be a wild ride down the stretch, and I know everyone's going to be focused on their fantasy playoffs, but I truly, uh, and I'm in a lot of playoffs, I'm more excited to see how the NFL playoffs unfold because uh, this is the year of parity. We've talked about it, but there there has literally never been a season with this many close to 500 teams. I've heard it. I don't know who has the stat. It's probably like ESPN or something, but uh, – yeah. Lots of close games and lots of very good football teams or very mediocre football teams, I guess I should say. So. Yeah, but so if you're an AFC team on the bubble, <laughs> so if you are the the Browns, Bengals, Broncos, Steelers, Raiders, Dolphins, Thursday, who do we want to win? Chiefs or Chargers? Chiefs. You want the Chargers to win, muddy everything up, uh, to keep competition alive for the AFC West, uh, or do you want the Chiefs to win to kind of lock it up? The Chiefs don't have... The hardest schedule down the stretch. Yeah, I'd take the Chiefs. I mean, I mean, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I we were rooting for the Chargers they, to lose this week. So the, um, the Chiefs play everyone on that list. So the Chiefs play the Chargers, then the Steelers, 
than the Bengals than the Broncos. So I and that's that that's is a, a tough, tough yeah, it is. That's why, like, man, I you know what? No, let's let's root for chaos. I'm rooting for the Chargers. That's kind of what I'm thinking. And that way, when you get to that week 17, the Chiefs are 100 percent trying to beat down the Broncos. And uh, you know, it just yeah. gets that one team out of the, the fold with the Broncos there. I think that's that what you kind of have to want. Uh, if for Browns or Bengals or Steelers fans, you just want everyone in the division to lose, basically, because especially the Steelers, your best hope is like division. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. All right. We've talked for far too long on this episode, so uh, we will call it quits. Uh, make sure you guys check out all the other podcasts on this feed, the coach approach DFS deep dive and the college football cut. Uh, it's Spider-Man week guys. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to our Marvel talk. I believe on Thursday, uh, I believe Sean will be joining us and Sean is as heavily invested in Marvel talk as we are. Uh, we'll probably touch on some Hawkeye and definitely some, uh, I, I, we're going to do a little Spider-Man theories, uh, yeah, yeah, segment. I, I will so. say I won't be watching Spider-Man this weekend. Yeah, which, which is going to be super unfortunate because I'm going to see it on Saturday. So I well, it's just I I know a lot of places are already sold out for at least the first yeah. two days. Sundays are always really rough to get into movie theaters because it's like the only day people actually do it, and it's yeah. football, playoff football, <laughs> and yeah. I will be out of town, so it's just no shot. I'm watching it. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably I think it's looking well, like maybe Tuesday. Monday. So okay. that's fair. We'll talk about it the following week, but it, it's Spider-Man week. It's I I've been waiting well, for this day for so we long. Talk, we wouldn't talk about it Monday anyways, because it'd be too close. It'd be spoilers, which we don't want to do. Realistically, we can't even talk about it next Thursday. We've got to give it some nope. time, but uh, yeah, or... I'm going to be muting everything along with it uh, on Twitter just to get through. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a tough scene these days. Well, the screeners were tonight for the media, and I saw that they took everyone's phones, and I believe they threatened them that if they leak anything, they will be banned from Marvel events. Uh, so smart, deserved. So hopefully, so hopefully no one leaks, but hopefully if they do, they really do get banned. So, uh, all right, guys, uh, make sure you guys check out the rankings too. We'll we'll tell you all this on Wednesday, but. Uh, or on Thursday, but rankings will be updated for you guys this week, especially with the, the pivotal playoff matchups. Uh, Randy, anything to add before we bounce? Nope. All right. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys later this week. Peace. <laughs>